Dungeons and Dopamine. Ta-da! Hello, and welcome to week six of Dungeons and Dopamine. I'm Brie Fagan. I'm Jess Worsniak. And we're back again to give you more dopamine. Week six. Six whole weeks. This is a month and a half. This is the longest relationship I've ever had. That's absolutely a lie. <laughs> That's so much of that is a lie. <laughs> Everything about Everything about what I said is a lie. <laughs> I mean, it might be the most consistent side project I've kept up with ever in my life. Yay! <laughs> we did it! We were actually just talking about how, with my ADHD brain, um, the minute I commit to something, my brain hates it. So even trying to get here today to record this episode, which I know I'm going to adore and I know is going to be a good time, I had to literally convince my brain that it was still a good time because my brain woke up going, nope, we have to do that today, so I don't want to do it. And obviously I fought through that and I'm here and having a great time because my brain is wrong. <laughs> but that executive function, man, just doesn't want to be there. I hate it. This podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the end. We're done. We only made it six weeks. I think we were going to have a competition of some sort from last week, based on last week. But I can't seem to oh, recall yeah. what it was. Do Shoot. you? Oh, not a competition, but we need suggestions yeah. of unpopular opinions. Yes. We specifically were thinking of unpopular Harry Potter opinions that we would like to argue our cases for, but we want to hear other people's unpopular opinions. Yeah. Probably, if you have some nerd-based book ones, we'd love to hear those, but we'd love to hear you know, pretty much anything anyway. The only thing we aren't gonna tolerate is that you don't like Lord of the Rings. Yeah, that is Un- not an opinion. Unpopular we're opinion. Those movies suck. No, you suck. You're wrong. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't so maybe the heated. I mean the Hobbit gets a little long. Yeah, the movies, movies, the movies. Yeah, they're mm, yeah. Made me sad. They brought PJ in too late on those. Yeah. He couldn't save them. He yeah. tried his best. But, but when you quite. take the shortest book and make it into three whole movies, money, 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 there are going to be issues. Yeah. But that is pretty much the only thing. We I mean, there's a lot of hatred that we won't tolerate. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But like, don't send us your unpopular opinions about people or groups politics. of people that you don't care about. Yeah. Or, politics because we're not about that life Mm-mm. but you got nerd ones we want to hear them yeah please you can email us at dungeons dragons no that's <laughs> a complete lie you will not get a hold of us if you email dungeons dragons <laughs> i was like did she change our email <laughs> surprise it's just you just really wanted to go back to those dragons I'm trying it. It's just Jessica rocks. <laughs> she <laughs> 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 
you can email us at dungeonsdopamine at yahoo.com. No space, no and. Just dungeonsdopamine at yahoo.com. Or you can find us on Facebook. Hopefully you're already following us on Facebook. And if you're not, you better go fix that right now. For real. For real. You've missed so much if you're not. You've missed the poll to name the spider and snake plants. And that's important. That's huge. What have you done? What if you do not get to give us your opinion on what we should name the spider and snake plants? What are you even doing with your life? What are you doing? These are going to be an integral part of our lives. Forever. Forever. (laughs) For as long (laughs) as I can keep them alive. As long as I can help her keep them alive. (laughs) So forever. It's a good thing you'll be here once a week-ish. Yes. be fine. So Plus, it's a snake plant. You would have to try really hard to kill it. it. That's fair. That's fair. So yeah, please, unpopular opinions. Maybe your unpopular opinion is it's really easy to kill a snake plant. We want to hear it, and we want to hear why. Yep. You have to argue your case. Please. Yeah. Maybe. Well, I guess you don't have to. You could just... Maybe I'll argue your case. Yeah. Or it could be a very brief few sentences. But we want to know. What is your unpopular opinion? Should we share one of our unpopular opinions? We just should. to get it started. Yeah. Give an example. What do you think? Where should we start? I think we should start with Snape. Snape, unpopular opinion, did not deserve forgiveness. And did not deserve a redemption arc. At all. He's such a jerk. He's so cruel to these children. That have nothing to do with who bullied him or did not love him. Yeah. In his teenage years. Yes. He held a grudge against a literal child because the child's dead father was mean to Snape in high school. Yes. And this kid grew up without parents being mentally abused. Yes. And sometimes physically abused by his family and this bully of a little kid that they had living with them. He never even had his own like clothing. Mm -hmm. It was all hand-me-downs. And Snape would have known all of that. Yes. Because they were keeping track of Harry this whole time. And it was his fault that Lily died. Yeah. So, well, okay, partially his fault. But anyway, like, he didn't deserve it. He didn't deserve to have one of Harry's kids named after him. That's probably the worst part of the whole ending. Like, all of those people he could have named his children after, and he picked Snape. Yeah. A, A man who literally bullied him when he was 11 years old. And he was so horrible to Neville. Yes, and Hermione. Yes. If Connor came home from school and told me that somebody, a teacher said to him what Snape says to those children, I would lose my mind. Yes. Granted, I don't think Hogwarts is a very good school to, like, I mean, pretty much everything they do wouldn't take me off. Like, the stairs move and your kid can get lost. Yeah. No. The security seems to be a problem at Hogwarts. <laughs> You're right. I'm not sure I would trust Hogwarts in general. Like, if that letter shows up for Connor's 11th birthday, I'm really going to have to think about it. I, Connor's not allowed to join the Triwizard Tournament. I don't care about the glory. No. But what if 
somebody else puts his name in the Goblet of Fire. <laughs> Connor, did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? <laughs> <sighs> yep. We'll do. So, we'll cross that bridge when we get there, as long as it doesn't move like stairs at Hogwarts. Right. <laughs> get us lost or knock us <laughs> off a what two-story drop? At least. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, please unpopular opinions we want to hear them we want to hear why we clearly feel very fiery about our unpopular opinions <laughs> really good way to get our blood boiling Absolutely. just to mention snape around the house and i believe you have a cliffhanger for us i do i'm going to finish up some discussion on feral landscaping or unwilding no rewilding or ungardening so from last week we i talked about why you might want to get into a lazier style of landscaping or rewilding and a lot of it had to do with saving water or you know having a garden instead of lush green grass and the different um, I think I only started with one real bit of advice on how to start that and that was to be very careful about what plants you choose for your your rewilding because you don't want to choose something that could harm your family or your pets if you can't trust them to not eat them and you also don't want to in, introduce or invite even more invasive species into your yard that you then have to maintain more because otherwise they'll choke out all of your native plants and your good stuff that you've put effort and into. And they might not be beneficial for the pollinators. Or right, they might <clears throat> be bad for the ecosystem in this area. Um, so... I found quite a few websites, but one of my favorite ones, or the easiest one, was called, it's just www.wildflower.org, and that one has a whole database you can search by your state, and then you can even search by, like, if you have a really sunny area that you need plants for, you can search for plants that need full sun, you could search for plants that need shade, you can search by color. You can really customize what native plants you want for that area. So you can also search, um, you can just go to Google and search like native Michigan plants and there was just a ton of websites that either will give you a list or you know you can get as specific as like western Michigan, southern lower western Michigan. Unless you're not in Michigan. And then right. research and you your, have to own find state. your own websites. Do the work or yourself. Plant a bunch of Michigan stuff that will not make sense <laughs> in any other states because our climate is insane. In it's whack. Also, like I mentioned last week, you can just reach out to like a landscaping company. There are a few in even just our area that focus on native plants or natural landscaping. Once you have everything figured out on what you want to plant and what you want to have in your yard and you know if it's going to be stuff that can feed other feed the animals or something that you might want to use in your maybe you're going to start making tea out of these different plants then 
you have to plan where everything is going to go in your yard. And the other part of this rewilding or native landscaping or ungardening, they called it softscaping versus landscaping or hardscaping. Um, so instead of using, you know, paper blocks, you're using maybe pea gravel or mulch or tiny stones or sand. Instead of hard plastic edging around your flower beds, you're just leaving it kind of natural and letting the flowers themselves be the edging. Oh. You know, I'm assuming we use garden, garden edging and like all of the landscaping fabric and stuff to keep the flowers out of our lush green lawns. But when you're not worried so much about the lawn, it doesn't matter if the plants are kind of overgrowing where their boundary is. They also, t the websites also talked about instead of like a hard plastic fence or a big fence, which can cause a problem for animals because then they can't get through that area or, you know, they get stuck on the other side of it, to use fencing that might be open or even like berms. So just doing big hills basically that you then fill with flowers and plants and make that more of a natural barrier versus a fence or even like hedges. Hedges, um, we use our lilac bushes are yeah. growing in front of our house as kind of like, not that we need a privacy fence in front of our yard because we're right. a thousand feet off the road, but it is definitely building its own privacy fence. These lilac bushes, they just take over and they, once they bloom and are full of leaves, then you can't even see through them. And half they the time. smell amazing. And they smell amazing. It's way better than a you know a plastic picket fence that is probably not even good for the earth that it's in, and is going to contribute to our landfill someday and never break down. You can use natural materials to be able to build walls and berms and privacy. A lot of people nowadays will use. Um, trees as fencing instead of fencing. I have a very similar thing in my front yard that they planted a long time ago, yes. but a really amazing barrier of trees because we're fairly far off the road, but these trees really hide our house, mm -hmm. which is great. And cuts <laughs> down on the noise because Huge. on this road, you know, it's a 55 mile an hour road, but yes. if you know anything about this area, most people are probably usually doing 65 to 70. Yeah. <laughs> and that can be really loud. Yes. If you, especially if you want to have your windows open during the summer and get the fresh air instead of being, you know, air conditioned locked Stuffy. up all the time. Yep. But you're always hearing road noise and what's going on. So building those natural barriers, I think, look better. And obviously, you're providing habitats for animals. You're keeping it so these animals can get from place to place. They're not, you know, stuck behind a fence. Um, it's good for the birds, it's good for nature, all of that. And other things that they mentioned, again, you're, you're wanting to look for maybe local stone, local sourced objects. So again, you're not introducing, you know, some, some stones can leach into the ground. There can, whatever can come off it, wash off in the rain. You want to make sure that you're you're thinking about those things responsibly. And minerals, yeah. putting limestone and yes. stuff like that. And and it also depends on kind of what your situation is. We learned at the township limestone, we were talking about putting it in, I think our natural area for like ADA accessible pathway, but it can be bad for, for 
water runoff. You don't want it going into the water. Right. Um, so, but maybe you do need something. Maybe you are in a wheelchair or have some sort of equipment that, you, you know, crutches or something that you need to assist you to walk. So maybe you do need to think about a harder material to be able to do. But even hard packed dirt sometimes is easier to deal with than putting in paver stones that then have trip hazards and become unseated. And In um, New Zealand, I follow the Viva La Dirt League guys, huge fan of them. I'm surprised I haven't mentioned them on their podcast before because... That's a good point. Obsession. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, the Viva guys, they film in a, a really cute, quaint little area. But before they had a budget, they would go shoeless. And apparently the ground is packed with dirt and stones but also seashells because of the area that they're in which would be so cool if you were Mm -hmm. near a beach or if that was your natural area to collect and use the seashells even in like garden edging and stuff like that because it would still be fairly natural for your area Mm -hmm. i love that well and seashells have calcium and that can be good for a variety of things they actually recommend um, putting seashells in with your chickens because yeah. they'll eat at them and they'll get extra calcium that way. When we um, we built our dog fence area and we were trying to clear it out, we found a ton of seashells and sometimes we'll still find them. Sometimes we'll catch the dogs eating them. <laughs> but Need we some calcium, mom. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's, That's good for our bones. <laughs> <laughs> Just need a little extra this week. So... The how-to of it. I talked about our personal feral gardening, which was basically the lazy way to do things and how it worked out in our favor because like, leaving the leaves on the ground longer is a good thing for the environment and for the pollinators and things. Um, But my in-laws, both my mother and father-in-law and my brother-in-law, are also getting into this rewilding or ungardening, but they're taking much more logical steps to do it and doing the research and that it's just been incredible the transformation so what they started doing is my in-laws used have always had this beautiful green yard they used to host um, family reunions every couple years and they took a lot of pride and put a lot of work into having this really beautiful lawn that everybody could gather on and they still had flower beds but they were kind of on the outskirts they cut they were kind of a fence they fenced in the yard a little bit and then over the last couple years they've started um, my mother-in-law retired which is a big part of it because now she has more time time but she's been adding more and more flowers and they built up a big berm and she was still running out of space and then this past fall what they did is my brother-in-law can get like really giant pieces of cardboard from his job and they put the cardboard down in the grass and kind of made like pathways that the beds would be and made it look really cool and then you leave the cardboard there you put dirt leaves whatever on top of it leave it for the winter and that cardboard kills all that grass and then starts to break down with the material that you put on, on it and just cardboard is biodegradable and becomes a good planting area. So in a season, my mother-in-law went from like one berm flower bed to all of this planting area. 
So they went from a lush green grass lawn and now I would guess 75% of their lawn is flower beds and vegetable garden. That's awesome. It just seems like such an easy way to, because getting rid of grass is actually hard. We have, we've built these lawns over the decades to be pretty sturdy. They get into the ground, you know, you plant certain types of grass and it can be kind of invasive. It's hard to get rid of. You, it kills everything around it. You, you know, you can't just plant a flower in the middle of the grass. It chokes it out. And you're going to mow over the yeah. top of it anyway. So even if the flower might thrive, you're still going to kill it. Mm-hmm. You're going to chop it right gotta off. Take, and you got to take care of your lawn and, you know, get the pesticides and I out think about, get rid of the dandelions. I think about people who might be moving into a new home for the first time. How else is a more perfect way to get rid of those boxes? Yeah. You look out in your yard, start planning. Maybe you can't do it the first summer you move in because... Chaos. Yes, ain't nobody going to try for that. <laughs> but store those boxes in a pile, break them down, set them down. You have them then to go out there and you can use them and utilize them and do this. Create yeah. this or kill off the... I'm going to have to use this plan now to kill off my grass for clover. Yeah. Because I wasn't sure how we were going to do it. I thought we were going to have to rototill it all mm-hmm. up, which and might that sounds not still. painful. Ugh. Or dig it all up and drag it out. And grass yes. is heavy and yes. dirt is heavy. And where do you put all of that? When I think about going like going out and weeding my flower beds, I think of when there's grass in there and I have to go pull it out. Sometimes it does not want to come out mm-hmm. or it comes out in these huge clumps that take all the dirt with yeah. it and stuff. So I yeah. love that idea. I was so impressed and they yeah. turned out beautiful. And now she has this whole, you know, she planned it all out and drew it all out. So it's pathways. And then in those pathways, she, I don't remember what material she used, but it's just a natural material. They're natural little walkways. You're not stepping on paver stone there she has some especially up in her berm she used some old leftover paver stones Um, but it's it's just natural you walk outside and she has this beautiful yard all of these flowers and a little bit of grass and it's incredible it's beautiful plus she's like i talked about a few podcasts ago she's getting her plants from her neighbors from her friends from my grandma Um, so my mother-in-law and father-in-law befriended my grandma on my dad's side and so now my mother-in-law has plants outdoor plants that my grandma has been growing for years what a combination of families that's that's symbolically so cool we are pretty lucky in that (laughs) fact and we're not I'm obviously not at a stage where I'm really focused on outdoor anything right now so I'm not going and getting my grandma's you know heirloom plants that she's been raising all these years but knowing that my mother-in-law has them now they're going to be accessible to you even if say your grandma's home gets sold or something Mm -hmm. or if something awful happened and but I I know now that I have a place to get these things and that my mother-in-law is great she knows the stories she can walk me through her garden and tell me you know oh, I got this one from my friend Tony's garden, and I got this one from your grandma's garden, and this one came from so-and-so 12 years ago, and I've kept it alive all these years, or I split it off from that plant over there. She saves plants for me and for um, my brother-in-law. She, once stuff starts to become overgrown, if she has extra, 
She pulls it all out, she puts it in buckets. Sometimes I come home and she's been at my house and planted plants for me. Like, she sh one time she showed up and just left them in buckets and most of them died. Because I did not get them <laughs> in the ground. And now we know why she plants them for <laughs> and you. Now, and so now she <laughs> just shows up and she plants them for me. And she's smart enough that she picks things that I can't, or if I do forget about it or don't care for it, it will still bloom. And so now I have all these beautiful flowers and I know they're from my mother-in-law and it was something she cared about. It's just, so I love everything about plants, obviously. What I'm taking from this is that I need to befriend your mother-in-law. Yes. Because while I don't have a ton of plants inside, I have a fair amount outside mm -hmm. and I add... Uh, I don't want to say this out loud, hundreds of dollars <laughs> worth of them every year. Even when I go to the greenhouse and I'm like, I'm only going to buy flowers for my pots this year because I like Gerber daisies and mm -hmm. things. And then a, in an interesting, unique perennial will grab my attention, like a completely white bleeding heart. Bleeding hearts are one of my I most favorite. Those. Lilies are my top favorite, which is great because they grow in Michigan superb and they will spread themselves yes. everywhere yes i even have some that are as tall as my seven-year-old and they're some of my favorites they're gorgeous mm -hmm. but these bleeding hearts they bloom in the um, early spring and they look amazing so they're one of my favorite spring flowers i guess is what i should say safely but I found a completely white version, and she did not bloom this year, Oh! but she did grow, and she's getting larger, and then I accidentally raked her and broke her in half. But she's still growing, and mm -hmm. she's sturdy again, so Yay. she probably won't flower for me this year, but I think next year we're going to have some white bleeding hearts. Oh, that would be amazing. So the one rule my mother-in-law breaks is she does not necessarily keep to, like, the native plants. Sure. But she's also out there every single day. Right. It's not like she's putting these plants in the ground and then they're going to take over and and go crazy. You know, she, she even, um, she gets, like, paint sticks or even a bag of, like, shims, and that's how she'll label all her stuff. So she's not even using plastic um, that's garden stakes anymore. She's using wood stakes. And that helps her keep it straight because that's the other problem I would have. Yes. Once I have that many flowers, like, I don't know what anything is anymore. I also face the problem where I buy a lot of clearance flowers at the end of the year. And so I plant them. And then as they're coming up the next year, I'm like, oh, what kind of weed is that? And then I pull it out and it has a bulb on the bottom. And I'm like, oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I wanted, I paid money for that one. <laughs> I shouldn't yeah. have done that. <laughs> she does have some of that, she said, but a lot of it is learning. You know, yeah. she's, she's changed so much of what she does just over the last couple of years as she learns what works for her and what doesn't work and what's good for them and their giant dog and cat and all of that. Well, then if you're in an area like um, Arizona, I imagine you have to think entirely differently than we have to mm -hmm. here in Michigan. Did you? So. so when I went to Arizona, they have aloe plants that just grow in like the walk, like in the walkway. <laughs> we toured, I don't know, we just happened to stay somewhere that was near um, university campus, U University of Arizona, and the, like all their landscaping was like aloe and 
succulents and cactuses and palm trees and I it was so cool to see how different because none of that would ever no that's no. stuff we have to grow indoors in Michigan it, it's not put, an option to put it outside yeah aloe goes in a pot and it it's, sits on your porch in the summer mm -hmm. and inside your house all winter and fall and it stays pretty small because it yeah. has to stay in a pot yep. and it doesn't grow to be like we, two feet big yeah because it's inside but it's because they have so much more sunburn yes <laughs> <laughs> they need it down there <laughs> um so yeah no every every place is going to have different plants and different things that that go well and and there are some plants in michigan that are not native that will grow here in the summer and then die in the winter um, sure i don't know what the safety on that would be like if it would be considered invasive i think it would depend on if it if spreads winter, like killed it, killed able, it yeah or if it would just go dormant and then start growing again i in the once it got warm i think there are hibiscus pants <laughs> <laughs> i love hibiscus pants I, who doesn't really <laughs> hibiscus plants that you can purchase to grow and then you either have to bring them inside over the summer winter over the winter or you have to like wrap them mm. yes okay. and they will come back i don't think they spread because i don't think they that it's hospitable for them to mm -hmm. spread and so they won't keep going but that is a very interesting thought something definitely need to research because what if it takes over right <laughs> and like the mint so last year we noticed it was mint and we were super excited and I was all about it and then I noticed it was kind of getting a little <laughs> out of control and then I learned this year that mint can be a problem and you do have to keep an eye on it. We, um, we live on what used to be an old farm. So one summer we were out just walking the property and we noticed um, one of those little plastic tags that you were talking about that said broccoli, which was fun. And then we went a little further and we noticed actual asparagus. Oh, that's right. You found so wild asparagus. Yes, yeah. And the funniest thing about asparagus is that asparagus grows in a way that looks like someone went to the grocery store and bought asparagus and then jabbed <laughs> it into the ground. It's a really funny thing to look at. But actually, if you've ever seen it get too big it becomes sort of like a weird ferny plant mm -hmm. it's really cool they're kind of pretty <laughs> they are mm -hmm. and of course once they hit that stage you can't eat them and we we've gone out a couple of summers and tried to get it but the deer usually beat yeah. us to it so but it was really fun thing to catch and mm -hmm. we actually noticed that we have a random wild rose bush growing that we I just caught that. this year. We've been here five years, yeah. but this first year we noticed it because we're moving our way to that area of the yard. Mm. And then grapes. We have grapevines over really? there too. That's yeah. Did you know that when you We suspected, house? but we weren't sure. And they're not in a way that they can climb and actually thrive. Right. They just kind of grow, look cool for a second, and then flop on the ground and get eaten. Grapes always scare me because somebody told me about giants. I think it was my mother-in-law actually. <laughs> um, they she went to pick grapes off the vine one time, and there was a giant oh. spider. And she said she never picked grapes after that. <laughs> I was like, yeah, me neither. Now I won't ever. Now again. we're done with that. <laughs> um, Ryan's grandpa grew them, so he's really excited to see if we can tend them mm. and and grow some and harvest some. Yeah. 
Can make wine out of those too. Yeah, yeah. The dandelion wine. And yeah, <laughs> that's from last week. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it would be super cool, and I think it's also great for Carly because she gets to see how these things grow. And while at seven, she doesn't really care. She still can't help but to see it. Yes. Every time we go outside to water plants and stuff, I'm pointing them out. Carly, look how close these are to blooming. And she loves tomatoes right off the vine. Mm -hmm. So we get to say, okay, you better check your tomato plants. She'll say, oh, they're turning yellow. We'll say, oh, great. They're going to be red soon. You just got to keep an eye on them. Blah, blah, blah. Yes. So while she's not necessarily purposely learning she doesn't have a choice it's soaking in she's catching on that and i love it was my that's one of my favorite memories of my papa growing up he always had a big garden uh, we ate tomatoes cucumbers and green peppers with almost every meal as soon as they as soon as it was that time of year that they were ripe um my favorite thing my papa did and was actually something i was going to mention anyway he would grow pumpkins and the cool thing about pumpkins is when they start growing when they're little and green if you carve or scratch something into that outside it will scar and as the pumpkin grows that whatever you etched or scratched into the side of it will grow with the pumpkin i didn't know that that's cool i'll have i will have i'll find a picture and i'll post it to our facebook um, he would use our kid. There was a couple of us kids, my cousins and some neighbor kids that we adopted. He would scratch our names into the pumpkins when they were little. So all summer we'd get to watch our pumpkin grow. Um, it's literally my favorite memory of him. It is the coolest thing he ever did. And the crazy thing about pumpkins that I've learned as an adult is a lot of people will find surprise pumpkin patches because you carve your pumpkin. Yeah. Or yeah. you get a pumpkin for Halloween, you forget about it, you toss it off into the the back of the property to get rid of it at, or get rid of the guts after you carve it or get rid of the pumpkins after the holiday and they start to get mushy. And if you remember where you've planted them, sometimes they'll just take off. And I've had friends like on Facebook that are walking through their yard and realize they have a pumpkin patch growing. Which is ridiculous because the every time I've tried to grow pumpkins, <laughs> they can't. do not work. <laughs> I cannot grow a pumpkin to save my life. But other people can grow them accidentally just by leaving the seeds in their yard. I'm going to have to check that because we always throw our pumpkins out in the back field because mm -hmm. we figure the deer eat them or the raccoons or whatever yeah. creatures going through our yard <laughs> that day. I never once thought to check to see if they missed a few seeds mm -hmm. or whatnot. Oh my gosh. Yes, that's, so pumpkins are on my list. As I said, I have not mastered them yet, but that is my favorite gardening memories. And, and I did all of that, like you were talking about with Carly. You know, I went out and I pulled the bugs off the tomato plants and I helped gather all of the vegetables that were ready and helped prepare them. The one thing I never got to do was, was learn how to can them. Sure. Um, but that's a huge benefit for gardening and being so then you have all of those vegetables throughout the year my grandma used to make pickles she used to can or jar pickles that explains um, so much yes <laughs> horseradish she would make homemade horseradish pickled beets all kinds of stuff um that got me way off topic that i'm was sorry a really cool thing to talk about so i'm good with it whenever i think about papa and you 
I think of the picture of you in the wheelbarrow, and it's also full of pumpkins. Yes, tiny I'm, little one. Yeah, I'll find that one too. <laughs> That's that. I have that one, and my it must have been my pumpkin from that same year because I'm the same gangly ten-year-old <laughs> in both pictures. But I will find those. Uh, so I guess just to wrap up a little bit. Um, so you go over the, you know, you find out what plants you want. You do all your native planting. You you make this beautiful oasis of native plants and low care and you're not mowing all the time. You have all this time back. So there are a ton of benefits to this rewilding or this ungardening. And I honestly, I mean, the websites, the research I did was all very biased towards it being favorable. And I'll be honest with you, I wasn't looking for anything that was like, here are the downsides. But if you, there would be potentially some downside. Um, obviously, if you're HOAs. Put, putting more plants in and putting more things in and you're not using pesticides and you're, you're trying to be careful about that, you're probably going to see an increase in bugs. And depending on who you are and how much your children hate bugs, that could be a good or a bad thing. So We're you trying to research natural bug Yes, remedies so either well. natural bug remedies or we're, I'm trying to do a really good job with Connor in explaining why bugs are good. You know, we, we try not to be scared of spiders, we try not to be scared of bees because now that we're adults we know that bees are important and we need these bugs and, and really a spider is not going to kill you. I mean even if you got built, bit by a brown recluse spider you would probably be uncomfortable for a while and you might need you know, a little bit of medical care to get that cleaned up, but it's probably not going to kill you. So I don't want my kid to be running from every spider he sees when the chance of it actually hurting him is negligible. And it's so much better to have these these bugs and these species of bugs outside and doing their jobs and eating the mosquitoes and doing all those things that are beneficial for us. Um, The other downside or issue might be if you do live in a neighborhood with an HOA or even some local governments have ordinances and regulations on how long your grass can be and how it has to be tidy and kept and beautiful. So if you live in somewhere like a subdivision or and you try to start having a wildflower yard you might have to fight with your local government officials to either argue that the ordinance shouldn't be because now we know that it would be beneficial to have wildflower gardens in the middle of these neighborhoods and that maybe grass isn't so good for all of us and all the water that you're spending trying to keep this grass green. But if you don't have the time or energy or money to fight these local governments, then you're probably just gonna give in and do what they want you to do because that's what they do. Yeah. Um, other downsides would be you're probably going to have more wildlife in your yard, so the deer are going to come eat your plants and your flowers and your things, both because you're planting beautiful, delicious things that they want to eat, but also because you're not using any barriers to keep them <laughs> out necessarily. Um, we just kind of learned to deal with that. I had a lot of issues. I mean, the raccoon that would <laughs> take one single bite of my vegetables and eat the rest. thought he was such a jerk. <laughs> and, you know, I would be sad about the deer that came in and they ate the, the blooms off my lilacs or whatever. But 
they're they were here before us. They're just trying to survive. They're not maliciously eating my plants because they want me to have a bad day. So that I try to teach Connor that too. It's like we have to share our world with them. We're infringing on their space. We're building into their environments. Like sorry that I don't get to have nice flowers all the time, but also the deer are really cute by my house. Yes. And I like to see them every day. So if that means I have to sacrifice some flowers Darn. And I think, too, if you really got into it, you could plant something deer-friendly farther away from your stuff so that you could kind of draw them away, um, like I corn. Have, Zach or, and I have talked about that. Yeah. If we ever go back to having a big, big garden, the best place we have is kind of far out. And I was like, man, how are we going to keep the deer from eating it without putting up, like, an eight-foot-tall fence? Right. And we talked about that, putting deer-friendly, yummy deer snacks on the outside of the garden, closer to the woods where they're coming from, and distracting them with those things. And or then, you release bears. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it works in that there was an old lady that swallowed a fly. There, exactly. Book, right? Exactly. Eat the <laughs> mouse, eat something eat the cat to, catch to get the fly, the yeah. and then eat the yeah. dog to eat the cat that ate yeah. the fly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, cats... Dogs we'll love to just eat cats. Release some bears to yeah. eat the deer. This doesn't seem like a problem at all. To keep them from eating my vegetables. And then the elephant <laughs> stomp the bears. I mean, so I get an elephant. At Several, the end of this obviously. Because <laughs> I'm seeing no downsides here. I get deer and bears and an elephant. Yes, sold. I'm sorry. And that's how the Fagan Farm began. <laughs> The illegal, the highly illegal, illegal farm. No, we can't put up fences. We're doing natural. <laughs> also, we're releasing our elephants today. I'm pretty sure my local government ordinances do not specifically tell me I cannot have an elephant. Then you're in. Yeah. That's it. Done. And if it does say that, I know somebody that can change it. <laughs> or at least ask a board of people to change it. <laughs> Um, and then the last thing I could come up with for, for downsides would just be if you're one of those people that really likes everything to look nice and orderly, especially when you're starting out, it's probably going to look a little messy. It's probably going to be a little disorganized. And if you're used to all those solid lines of garden edging and everything being in nice little boxes, then maybe it'll drive you crazy. I don't know. But I do think too, you could work around that even. I think... Maybe a natural wood box, like driftwood in mm-hmm. here in Michigan would be a very natural thing. You could go collect and build your own little lines yeah. and things like that. I've seen people use dead logs as yeah. planters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you've already got all that organic food material. Yeah. Just put some dirt in there and it feeds off the decay from the log and you have a really cool looking natural planter, basically. Absolutely. I, I even think you could use things... I've seen things like um, glass bottles, which I know are not natural, but if you clean them up well, I don't see why you couldn't, because you're still recycling and mm-hmm. that's still helpful. You're reusing, so you're yeah. not putting it in the in the landfill. So if you can't handle those, like you said, open edges and things like that, I absolutely think you could work around mm-hmm. it. Yeah, absolutely. So, if an unpopular opinion next week is that you don't like feral gardening 
we can't help you. No, you should probably <laughs> just stop listening now. Just kidding. Please don't stop Don't stop listening. listening. Don't ever I stop listening. I probably won't talk about feral gardening again. This is probably the last time. Until she finds out something cool. And True. then she absolutely Or will. when I get really into completing it and then I have to talk about it again to show everybody all the cool stuff we did. Yeah. If that ever happens. <laughs> but if it does... That'll be so far away, you'll forget that you hated us for it. Yeah. And you'll have been listening for a while, so you'll love us You'll anyway. be loyal. And we love you, by the way. Thank yes. you for being loyal. We've had some super cool comments. It's really cool to hear that love. people are enjoying listening to us. Yeah. We love it. We're so excited. Mm-hmm. So I'm so sorry. I keep interrupting you. I'm terrible and this week. You are terrible. Dang it. And... <laughs> Excuse me, I gotta pause. The, gotta pause the podcast. So I can go cry. It would not be the first time Jessica has cried during these podcast episodes. I mean, usually it's tears of laughter, but we you really know. try to have all the emotions. Tears here are at tears. Dungeons and dopamine. Dungeons and dragons and dopamine. I'm just gonna slowly but surely change it to Dungeons and Dragons, and then I'm just gonna be Jessica and dragons. And then. Sh- gonna just be jessica no dragons <laughs> it's just you just me talking but never about dragons <laughs> or dungeons or dopamine or you this sounds awful worst look. podcast ever look <laughs> i have no way to disagree with you because you're completely right but i don't have to like it True. <laughs> So, what brought you dopamine this week? Alright, I'm gonna shock everybody and say it's more folklore. Yay! Folklore. Folklore. I've been (laughs) looking forward to more folklore. I figured you were. I I could see it in your eyes last week. Mm Mm-hmm. So, I'm going to wrap it up this week, and I'm going to talk, I I focused on the Nordic folklore, and I focused on the English folklore, and I thought it was time to just take a little bit from everywhere else. Now, this is not because I couldn't find enough for each area, because there is so much fantastic folklore out there but I didn't think anybody would want to continuously hear me reading off lists of folklore we'd have to change the title we would dungeons and folklore (laughs) dragons and folklore (laughs) dungeons and dragons and folklore and plants that's all we talk about those four topics exactly (laughs) so so this is going to wrap up. I, I do have a little bit of like food for thought for everybody. And let us know if one of these become your unpopular opinion. Because I think my version of it is a little bit of an unpopular opinion. Mm-hmm. So let's start off in North America and Canada with Wendigos. Ooh. Which I think a lot of people have heard of. Yes. Um, so Wendigos are created from humans it is a human who at some time in their life consumed human meat they were cannibalistic whether it was out of absolute necessity or just 
desire. Ugh. They did. Um, and once they did, that thought consumed everything for them. And slowly but surely, they would start to turn gray and start to sink in on themselves. So they became kind of a decaying, skeletal human. Um, they don't have lips because the lips will just get in the way of eating the flesh. Can't have flesh getting in the way of feeding flesh. <laughs> Gross. <Exactly. laughs> I don't ever want to say that sentence ever again. I'm not sure I appreciate that you did. <laughs> I'm going to ask and our sound crew. we lost all of, all our, of, our, viewers. All of our listeners. So I was just going to make it worse by saying I was going to have our sound crew, who's Ryan, take that snippet and put like squelching noises. <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> and Don't now that, we've lost all of <laughs> Don't listen to her, Ryan. You live with me. <laughs> Cutting all of If this you out. want your unpopular opinion <laughs> to be. His unpopular opinion is going to be Jessica's not funny. She's obnoxious. <laughs> Everyone's going to be like, that's not unpopular. <laughs> no, I disagree. It's a very unpopular oh, opinion. I gave you hearts. <laughs> so um, the Wendigos are very greedy in that all they want and all they can think about is human flesh. In devouring it. <clears throat> Moving on. Right. <laughs> this is actually an England-based folklore, but I liked it so much. I used the phrase like kind of lightly because these are all super creepy, but I liked it so much I needed to throw it in. And I missed it while I was looking at my other English ones. So these are the Koori, and... These are invisible little creepers who hang out near the graves of people who have died on the moor. And these will latch onto you. And like I said, they're invisible. They have no physical form. So they'll just whisper in your ear and tell you things. And then they'll start appearing in your dreams. Oh. And the longer they're with you and the more they start to drive you crazy, they get stronger and stronger. Eventually, if you and I maybe are having a conversation and there's one on your shoulder talking to you, I might see a flash of it on your face instead of your face. Oh. The stronger it gets, the more it will try and convince you that it will leave you alone if you go back to the moors. And, or I guess go to the moors. You're not going back because you're not going to die on the moors. But anyway, it will get you back to the moors. And while you're there, it'll tell you, no, just a little bit further. And then I'll leave you alone. And it'll have you go round and round and walk until you literally just die and collapse. Oh my God. They're so creepy. Someone on the internet, I thought this was absolutely wonderful, said that it sounds like a big metaphor for depression. Yeah. And I thought that was amazing. Like, mm -hmm. I didn't put it together when I read it because I sort of take these at the face value for the right. silly like, fear of it or whatnot. But I thought that was really wise. And I wonder how much folk folklore <laughs> is based on trying to give explanations to things they yeah. can at that time. Yeah, so yeah. mental illness, Madnesses like depression. and yeah. That... 
Absolutely, it's a great theory. Mm-hmm. Um, now I'm kind of wishing I'd have dived into that. <laughs> and on next week's episode, <laughs> exactly, I lied about being done with folklore, folklore um, and mental health. I think I think you're right. That's that and warning and scaring people away from doing things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that one was was nice and creepy. Um, this next one is taking us to Latin America, and this one's really popular too. La Lorena. A lot of people have heard about her. So she was once a beautiful woman named Maria who found out that her husband was cheating on her. And in a fit of madness, she thought the best way to get back at her husband was to drown her children. When she came to, she realized what she had done and she drowned herself. Now, the theory is that she wanders at night crying, looking for children her children specifically, to apologize to them. So if she catches the children out alone at night, she will kidnap them, beg them for forgiveness, and then drown them. She just does not (laughs) seem to be doing well. No, I feel like she doesn't understand forgiveness. It's not really how it works. No, 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 no. Like, forgive me. I'd Forgive just... me for doing this awful thing <laughs> yeah. again. <laughs> I don't. I don't laugh at at drowning oh, children. Gosh. Please, no, I'm not laughing at that. But the idea of her asking for forgiveness, like, I'm so sorry, I punched you in the face. <laughs> right. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be sad about it now. <laughs> I hate that I keep hurting people. <laughs> so sad. Um, they do say that if you hear her crying. You'll have a shorter life. How do you know if it's her crying or just someone crying? That's a really good question. Maybe you feel it in your heart. I wonder how many people freaked out because they thought they heard her crying, but it was really like a neighbor. Or baby or something. (laughs) (laughs) Look at that woman again. Their neighbor had depression and was out (laughs) crying every night. Right. No. Watch it, reading sad books and just cries in her yeah. backyard and her neighbor thinks this. It's very therapeutic for her. Yeah. <laughs> this other neighbor thinks that there's a They're dead woman hot. trying to come steal her children to drown them. Oh, gosh. That one does make me think, though, like, if your mom had told us when we were kids hanging out, if we went out too far, like, off your road, La Lorena was going to come for us. You bet we would not have left our room. Exactly. (laughs) So this next one I threw in very much on purpose because she reminds me of something we talked about in Nordic folklore. And we both agreed that she was terrifying. And this is Sadako. She's from Japan. She is very literally the ring girl. Oh, yes. So... I think most people are familiar with the movie The Ring. It is based in... It came... hmm, How do I say this? It came from a movie created in Japan based Mm -hmm. off of this folklore. Now, apparently, you can actually call Sadako on the phone. The... One of the things I watched did give you the phone number, but I did not write it down. Nor did I call it because... No. She will come through your phone. With her creepy hair in yeah. front of her eyes. And mm. you will never mm-hmm. sleep again. Nope. 
So I didn't, but you apparently can. And when you call, you will hear a high pinched, pitched, high pinched noise, <laughs> a high pitched noise. And that noise is reported to have made people really uneasy. And then people won't necessarily die from calling, but they will experience really poor luck for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, now, this reminded me a great deal of the Nordic, the Nutmara, mm-hmm. who can turn into sand. I actually think she's still creepier. She's oh, yeah. like... Sand she's can get anywhere. <laughs> Any, I hate sand. It's everywhere. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that was a, a Star Wars quote. <laughs> this one you might like, because this one is Celtic. Yay! Yay! Zach will like this. Shout out. <laughs> and this would be the Kelpie, who's also pretty familiar, I think, mm-hmm. especially if you're into fantasy stories and such. And this is an aquatic horse. You all know that the Kelpie is, in fact, a Kelpie by the fact that no matter how long it is out of a body of water, its mane and tail are perpetually wet. So they're Do usually not ride wet horses. Got never, it. never. I, I don't, I don't know how I feel about that advice. <laughs> but sure. <laughs> yes. It it makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> So they're usually a large, very beautiful black horse, and you'll typically find them near their body of water. Now, if you touch or mount the horse, you will get stuck, and it will take you into the water and drown you and eat you. That's why it's there. Everything eats you. Yeah. Now, a lot of the stories for today, or a lot of the creatures for today, I have stories for. Some of them are fabulous, such as this one. So there was a group of boys out in the woods and they saw a horse and they approached it and they were petting it. One of the boys noticed, he looked down and noticed his fingers were stuck on the horse. He couldn't take them off. And upon inspection, looking down even further, he noticed that the horse's hooves were backwards. So he actually used his knife to cut off his fingers and escape. But the three boys that were with him, his friends, all disappeared and later they found parts of them oh and they had been eaten so i i hate that one's creepy yeah 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 the backward hooves and stuff um (laughs) 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 that noise might have been worse than the story (laughs) uh this next one's also super creepy and it also has to do with the kelpie um a redditor was in his he was in ireland with his grandparents he was staying on their farm and one night his grandmother woke up because she heard the cows mooing and you know when you have an animal you start to understand its different noises if it's bark if it's a dog and it's barking a certain way that's its aggressive bark there's Mm -hmm. something wrong going on someone's here yeah yeah or your cat meows and you're like that sounds like my cat is stuck somewhere. We've had cats mm-hmm. stuck in, like, the ceiling and stuff before <laughs> because she's insane. So Grandma noticed that the cows were mooing in a very panicked way, like a predator or something was around. So she stepped outside to check on them, and her grandson, the redditor, this boy, was heading toward the pond. And she tried to call out to him, and he didn't acknowledge her. So she, he was starting to walk into the pond. So she grabbed him, pulled him out of the water, 
brought him into the house and he was still almost like fast asleep. So she shook him, shook him, shook him and woke him up and said, what were you doing? And he replied, and he was still half asleep, that he was just following the pony. Oh my. <laughs> right into the water. Like sleepwalking. Yeah, yeah sleepwalking mm-hmm. directly into the water. Kelpies. Yeah. Kelpies you even when you're sleeping. Yeah, it's a good thing we aren't Irish. It's a good thing we're going to New Zealand, not Ireland. Mm-hmm. New Zealand's not going to let us in if they hear this podcast. <laughs> So, anyway, we're coming back to the U.S., mm-hmm. and these ones I think are actually incredibly cool. These are the Night Marchers, and they can be found in Hawaii. Ooh. We should probably go look for them. <clears throat> so, you'll potentially start to hear some drums if you're out at night. This is typically on trails or beaches, um, and very barren ones where there's not a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um and you'll see these torches and start hearing the drums and you are to step off the trail immediately and place your forehead down on the ground. Because what these are, are Hawata, please forgive me if I've said that incorrectly, but I believe it's Hawata warriors and they are on their march. So these were um, old warriors who, um, they're long gone obviously, and they are still marching their war paths. Now, if you are of Hawaiian ancestry and one of your ancestors is marching with them, you are allowed to watch the procession. How do you know? That is just a chance you have to take. (laughs) So I don't think I would. I certainly am not Hawaiian ancestry at all. Right. Pretty easy answer for me, too. Yeah. Actually, I do have family that lives in Hawaii, but... Do you? um, They would not have been... Related to me when they were warriors. (laughs) So, I think this one's kind of cool. I, I think it's kind of a cool show of respect and stuff like that. Just what a great bit of history. Um, I don't have a lot on them, but the because nobody can watch them. That's right, exactly. And the information of the torches being warnings came directly from a Hawaiian. So, uh, someone of Hawaiian ancestry. Forgive me if Hawaiian, all Hawaiian is a very insensitive term. I don't know. I don't know either. I think. I Please correct us if we're wrong. <laughs> to unpopular opinion. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, unpopular opinion, you guys are a holes. <laughs> Popular opinion. A holes. <laughs> oh, and we're laughing. <laughs> Uh, we're still in the U.S. Mm-hmm. This is an, a Navajo tradition. This is very creepy if you start to think of the implications. This is skinwalkers. Oh, I know a lot about skinwalkers. So, from what I read, and please correct me if you're if I'm wrong, because I don't, I might not know as much as you. Um, these are Native American witches who, in their lives, murdered someone who they cared about. And when they come back, they appear as a distorted, unnatural-looking animal. They do seem to favor uh, deer or bears occasionally. Um, and there was... Oh, dogs. Dog mm-hmm. was another one. So, the older a skinwalker gets, the more convincing they can be as an animal. So, if you see one that's very distorted, is very clearly a skinwalker you know it's a younger skinwalker. 
Now, a lot of these guys will leave you alone. However, sometimes they won't. If they decide not to, some stories say that they can only repeat the last phrase that their last victim said. Ooh, creepy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, some most agree that they all have a very small vocabulary and that to get you to them they will yell from the forest sometimes something very generic like help sometimes they will yell to you from voices you're familiar with and try to lure you out and then if you spook them as their animal form they will stand up on two legs and run away and can you imagine <laughs> you're like there's a wolf staring at you and something is tempting you to go in the woods and then like somebody comes home and like turns a light on and <laughs> the wolf just like oh pops up on two <laughs> oh legs and gosh. runs into the woods probably making some weird noise from from the last victim help <laughs> I got um, severe goosebumps from that. I just... mm, 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 mm. (laughs) So, we need to take a happy break and watch, like, Spongebob or something. (laughs) Actually, Spongebob can get creepy, too. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna have to be, like, Care Bears or something. Yeah, absolutely. Eureka's Castle! (gasps) Yeah, we should just do that. On an episode. We should. Just watch old cartoons. I love Rika's Castle. This is the second time we've proposed this, so... Mm-hmm. It's gonna have to happen now. I think so. So, let's move on from that creepiness and talk about La Lose Mala. These are from Argentina. These are more lights. So, these are the souls of the dead presented as lights. Unfortunately, they aren't unable to move on. Um, They're bringing you bad luck. If you see one, it's said that you need to bite down on the sheath of a knife while saying a prayer. It's a specific specific. prayer. Yeah, Yeah, very strange. (laughs) This one, (laughs) I like this one a lot. I don't know why, because it's a cat. (laughs) This is called the Yule Cat. This is Icelandic, so it does does tie a little into the Nordic. Mm -hmm. And the Yule Cat started as a giant cat with large razor-sharp whiskers and sharp claws, of course. He will eat children who did not receive new clothing for Christmas. Nowadays, (laughs) he's still out there, but now he just eats your treats. Oh, So if you don't get new clothes for Christmas, he eats your treats. I don't know why. <laughs> it seems probably really to, rude for parents to convince their children that they, that they want should be happy with for Christmas. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, mm-hmm. that that's they were like, stop being disappointed over these clothes I bought you. Otherwise, the I already forgot Yule cat. The Yule cat is will going come to eat, your eat face. you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then some parent was like, that seems. A little extreme. How about he just eats your treats? He'll come eat your treats. <laughs> also, no, this parent was actually like, shoot, I forgot to buy the treats. For or, the- I don't want to share these treats. <laughs> <laughs> That's Sorry, honey, not only did I not buy you any new clothes, but you also don't get any treats. <laughs> 100% what happened. Guaranteed. <laughs> 
I'm 100% convinced of that. <laughs> um, Yule Cat does make an appearance in one of the camping books. Does it? So. I'm excited. I just want to talk about, the, like, I just want to read the camping books on podcast and just let everyone enjoy them. But one that probably isn't right to Bonnie. <laughs> it's probably a little illegal. illegal. <laughs> she did give a few per- people permission to read them on YouTube, and I'm sure they don't sound like me. <laughs> Is that what you sound like? That's exactly what I sound like. Weird. <laughs> it's so strange. I hear you all the time. <laughs> Never noticed that before. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, so anyway... Let's move on to the Durag Duar. This is also Irish. She's a beautiful woman. She fell in love in her life with a peasant boy. And she wanted to marry him and her father said no. And he married her off instead to a wealthy man who became abusive. Of course. Of course. She killed herself out of rage, sadness, you know. Woe is me. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why she didn't take him out. But she does eventually. (laughs) She comes back as very similar to a vampire. She's very beautiful looking. She killed her father and her husband and drank their blood. And now she goes after men who treat women poorly. I kinda like her. Yeah. I'm not I'm not sorry. No. Um, (laughs) She can she can come hang out here. She she's well. No. I take that back. Mm-mm. No special podcast episode <laughs> for her. She cannot goth go, star, guest star. <sighs> All right, so this one is my final kind of older folklore. And I was actually on TikTok the other day, and I, I went past a live of a Russian man who was dressed as an elf. So I, of course, had to stop and mm-hmm. see why he was dressed like an elf and tell him that I thought it was cool that he was dressed like an elf. <laughs> because it is. Exactly. And I told him that I do a podcast and that I've been talking about folklore from around the world. And I asked him for a Russian folklore. And he stopped and he thought about it for a minute and he said, talk about the Domovoy. Once again, forgive me. How many times do I have to say that? If I didn't say it right, just tell me. Don't yell She's at me. She's trying really hard, I'm okay? I'm trying my best. So, the Domovoy is the master of the house. He holds the secret to a happy household. He often takes the shape of a small old man covered in white or black shaggy hair. He loves cozy spaces and will often be found snuggled by the oven or in another warm area. If you find him in your home, you must be kind to him. That respect thing. Uh, and he will become a delightful companion. That's Aww. direct quote. And I love it. And, okay, hang on. I gotta finish this. And then I think I think I have a theory. Yay! <laughs> um, if he does not take a shine to you, he will misbehave, breaking dishes, and kind of just torturing the homeowners. Not okay. physically torturing right? Them, but... Um, have you ever seen the cartoon Booba? Yes. I I wonder if Booba is based off of this because he is shaggy, white-haired, little, mm-hmm. tiny guy, and he's very silly. But I have and to wonder if this is what he's from. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's but, not causing chaos on purpose. Malicious. No, 
Booba is Russian as mm-hmm. well. So I do have to wonder, I did not have time to, I know it seems like a really easy thing to research, but I did not have the time to mm-hmm. research it. But that is 1000% what I thought of when I read this description. Yes. So I love that theory. I like it. And I really liked that I was able to reach out to an actual live person, connect with him and talk to him about this. And I'm so sorry. I should have written his name down but if i find him i can repost one of his tiktoks on Mm -hmm. facebook or something and uh you guys can follow him or whatnot tell him thanks for teaching us about the domo boy yeah (laughs) so i'm gonna branch again and start talking a little bit about some modern day folklore which is kind of a trigger there are a lot of people out there who do not believe that what i'm about to talk about is actually folklore Mm mm-hmm it is, to me, very much folklore. I think folklore begins with someone telling someone a story and them sharing it and sharing it. But the internet makes it easier to share, so it goes a lot faster. Mm-hmm. So take this as you will. It's a hot topic. Um, I think that, personally, these are very much modern folklore. Okay. So this is very popular. I think everyone listening will know of this. And unfortunately, it's because it's routed in some tragedy, grounded in some tragedy. Slender Man. Oh, Slender Man. Good old Slendy. Um, He is a fictional character. He was created as a creepypasta on the internet. A lot of what I'm about to talk about came from creepypasta. And he's depicted as thin and incredibly tall. He, he's humanoid, but with no features on his face. And he's wearing a black suit. Sometimes his arms are long tentacles, and mm-hmm. sometimes his arms are just long arms. Yeah, like creepy. Yes. He's unnaturally long mm-hmm. in that way. Um, he stalks and terrifies people. He often targets children. He can distort sound and optics sometimes. He's been in... Movies, games, shorts. Uh, If you search him on the internet, there are some incredibly talented people out there who have put him in images. Slenderman doesn't scare me a lot, um, but the images are kind of creepy. Mm -hmm. They they come to me as sort of like, oh, haha, what a talented artist. But they can be incredibly creepy because they look very authentic. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, the reason that Slenderman is so popular is probably because he was the topic of a tragedy a lot of people have heard about it the 12 year old girls who lured their friend out in the woods and hurt her to offer to slender man um she was okay she was she survived it i don't want to get too deep because that's not something she wants back in her life yeah but that was in 2014 and it caused such a huge stir Mm mm-hmm so another one that i think actually might have caused more of a stir than slender man was momo I forgot about Momo. Yes. I just want to say. She was going to hurt, steal our children, hurt our children, or cause our hurt children themselves. to hurt. Our, that's yeah. right. Yep. So Momo started off as a sculpture by, and I'm going to give this guy some credit. He was a crazy cool guy. And I'll explain why I think that later on. But he made this, I guess it's very talented, but I think she's super icky. He made this sculpture. It is very much supposed to be a horror sculpture. And it is. And 
when she started to kind of circulate the internet, instead of just being this sculpture, someone created Momo. And someone sent out a, tr- a tweet, I was going to say a treat, a tweet <laughs> <laughs> that said Momo is in YouTube videos and memes and TV TV shows or like uh, internet shows yeah. whatnot. And she was telling your children to hurt themselves or hurt others or steal or break things so she wouldn't come and hurt their families. And they were using the image of this face. And I looked it up to research it. It's still creepy, even 1,000% knowing what it is. She, yeah, she was icky. Icky. Still gives me the heebie-jeebies. So he did a great job on his sculpture. Mm -hmm. But um, it did turn out to all be a big hoax. There are some people who say that they've seen it. I firsthand had had people tell me that they'd seen it and they experienced it within a video. I don't know if that's true and I don't know if it was something that someone randomly did to scare people. Mm-hmm. Thankfully it showed up being a hoax. The cool thing is that this artist took his own sculpture that probably took him hours and destroyed it. And he really? put it out there and he said, I want kids to know that Momo is gone. Aww. I know, good guy what a artist. Nice guy. I know, I loved it. So, uh, now I read that on the internet, so it might not be <laughs> true, but I like to think it is. Moving on from Momo, because she creepy, <laughs> are the black eyed kids or the black eyed children. These are also a big one on Creepypasta. Ah. They are, they did start in the 80s, so pre Creepypasta. These are children who will approach you in your home or your car and ask to be let in. This typically happens at the time of day where there shouldn't be children out and about. They are really persistent and will typically weave a sad story. Usually there's two of them in the stories that I've read. You might feel compelled to open the door or realize as your hand is on the handle that you've moved your hand there without knowing that you were doing it. Usually at that point, it's when you realize that their eyeballs are completely black. Not just their pupils, but their entire eyeball. Oh, man. So one of the first stories of them is in the middle of nowhere, Vermont, just a town in the middle of nowhere, an elderly couple heard the sound of three knocks on the door. They opened the door and saw two children, a boy and a girl. They said, parents will be here soon. Can we come in? The children did not make eye contact and just stood there in the doorway. The elderly couple were hesitant, but after a while, they let the boy and girl inside. The kids settled on the couch while the wife made some hot cocoa, and the husband asked them questions that went unanswered. The wife returned and noticed that her cat was scared and angry with the children. May we please use the restroom? The wife looked at the kids and she finally saw them. The children's eyes were as black as starless universe. (laughs) She directed them to the bathroom and returned to her husband who was covering his face with his hand. Did you see their eyes? The husband then showed her his hand full of blood from a nosebleed. The power suddenly went out and the house turned as dark as the kid's eyes. (laughs) The wife headed to the restroom and was confronted by the voice of the kids at the end of the hall uttering, our parents are here. The kids then exited the house, leaving the door wide open. 
The wife noticed then that there were two men at the end of the driveway. The men were very tall and slender. The wife waved, but did not receive the same friendly gesture. The two men and children then drove away together in one car. The power came back on a little later after the kids had left. Throughout the week, weird things happened in the house. Three out of four of their cats went missing, and the fourth found in a pool of its own blood. Oh. I know. Worst part of the story. Uh, which is really horrible to say, <laughs> considering the next sentence is, the husband continued to have nosebleeds and finally went to the doctor where he was diagnosed with very aggressive skin cancer. So that was one of the first written wow. stories of the Black Eyed mm-hmm. Kids. I, the, if you want to read more of them, they're all over creepypasta. They're very, very creepy, as the mm-hmm. title would suggest. And there's some really good ones out there. Some good stuff with mm-hmm. that out there. If you want to creep yourself out, remember <laughs> if that. If you don't want to sleep tonight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or if you want to wake up and think that they're standing in your room. <laughs> so those are just very few of the more modern day folklore in my opinion they are folklore Mm -hmm. even something like momo who was very brief in in pop culture i just think that that's what folklore is um i know that saying that they don't have a lot of rich history or anything like that but i think they're pretty interesting i i'm wrapped up with folklore Mm -hmm. and i'm moving on next week to a completely different topic whereas my last several weeks have been very creepy. Mm-hmm. I am moving on to rock your world with something entirely different. <laughs> so hopefully um, you don't mind. <laughs> so I'm feeling full of dopamine. How about yourself? So much dopamine. Love it. Love it. I don't even... Oh, I do still have... I, I have butterflies to talk. butterflies Mm -hmm. in your soul i don't know okay (laughs) leave me alone i'm trying to wrap up a (laughs) podcast this is harder than it looks it is closing out is hard closing is hard we should just play the song closing time and hand it every time closing like in the middle of a sentence (laughs) just like click and the episode ends (laughs) it's perfect yes All right. Thanks for listening. Yes. We hope we brought you some more dopamine this week. And we will be back next week for week seven. Bye. Bye.